I'm Keyshawn Johnson from Undisputed. Now we're going to take a listen and react to all sounds and sights around college football as well as the NFL. But first, let's take a listen to the Dallas Cowboys. This was the biggest one of the week. Here's the deal. We bust on McCarthy all the time. He watched two teams that were the better team in the NFC lose to inferior teams. He's like, we ain't going to let it happen. We're a better team totally than right. the Chargers. This is correct. what we're going to do. Our defense is going to win this game. Our offense is not going to turn it over. Give the man credit. But after the week the Cowboys have had, that's got to feel really good to get embarrassed 42-10 to 10 by the 49ers the week before. People like me are are down on you all week long talking about what that what's Dak Prescott's long-term future, what's the outlook for this team. And this game doesn't accomplish the end goal, obviously, but it's gotta feel a hell of a lot better than three and three heading into the bye week. You're certainly right. It does feel good for the Dallas Cowboys. Did you see them celebrating at the end of that game, both in the press box, uh, the field box, on the sidelines, the owner, the coaching, even Michael Irvin, my own co-host from Undisputed, was going nuts. He acted like he didn't have three Super Bowl rings, that the Cowboys had just won the Super Bowl. So, yes, even had a pregame fight to get them energized, to get them up going, to find a way to try to beat the Los Angeles Chargers by three points. By three points. Think about that. Here's a team that got shellacked by the San Francisco 49ers the week before. They were so desperate in a must-win situation that they were celebrating a three-point road victory, which essentially was a home game for them because they outweighed probably 10-1 to the Charger fans in the Chargers' own building in SoFi Stadium. So, Yes, I tip my hat off to the Dallas Cowboys. They answered the call by getting a W. But moving forward, there's a whole lot of football left. And they sit about a game and a half behind both the Eagles, the Lions, as well as the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC. They're right neck and neck with Seattle for me for that fourth spot. If you were saying, hey, if the season ended today, who would you take out of top four teams to make it to the playoffs? Seattle and them would be a coin toss. But you got to tip your hat off to the Dallas Cowboys. They won the game. So what more could you say? So now that we talked about the Dallas Cowboys, let's talk about the team that put the whooping on them a week ago in the San Francisco 49ers who lost to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland 19-17 with a missed field goal in the end to try to win it all. Browns over the Niners. That defense is lockdown defense. And I know, I heard it from people. Oh, you were talking up Brock Purdy. I said, yes. Yes, he's done well. He was exposed. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh, uh, what happened to your MVP? And I go, he's not my MVP. I'm just saying it, he's played well. He had a bad game. Quarterbacks have bad games. He had a bad he game still, and still should have won. He still put his team in a position to win the game. Shocker that all of a sudden Brock Purdy had to play a game without the Avengers squad of skill position guys. And shocker that all of a sudden the Niners looked a lot like, and I'm going to invoke one of Bruce's favorites, the Niners skill position players when Nick Mullins was the quarterback. And shocker, the results looked a lot like Nick when Nick has. Mullins was the quarterback. He is who I think most people before they got a little crazy over the last few days thought he was. A big question mark, who is the Niners' weak link? 
I like this. Now I have to take a shot at my buddy Nick Wright and cut his hair because he needs to hear exactly what Dan Patrick was saying. Brock Purdy still is a potential MVP candidate. There's no question about it. Now when you start talking about the loss in Cleveland, he went up against a really good defense in the Cleveland Browns and, and Miles Garrett and company. Jim Swartz has the San Francisco 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's number in particular. Eight and one against Kyle Shanahan when Kyle Shanahan is either running the offense or a head coach running an offense of a team. So when you look at the matchup between Kyle Shanahan and, and Jim Swartz, the nod certainly goes to Jim Swartz because he knows how to scheme his defense to go up against Shanahan's offenses. And then when you talk about Kristen McCaffrey being banged up in the game, Debo Samuel being banged up in the game, Trent Williams hurting his foot in the game, things happen. It's not like Brock Purdy all of a sudden turned into a major pumpkin, just a small pumpkin, just a little bitty small when he had a bad game. I can go around the entire National Football League every single year. I could take the top quarterbacks. I could take one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in Tom Brady, and I can find games in Tom Brady's career that were pedestrian, that he didn't play well in, that they lost, and say, oh, well, they lost the game. I thought Brock, I thought Tom Brady was going to be great. I could do the same thing for Peyton Manning, Russell Wilson, Drew Brees. I could just go on and on and on with a litany of quarterbacks that have struggled in the National Football League. Now, in, in terms of Nick Wright and what he said, he's still an MVP candidate. He probably won't win the MVP, but you could argue if he wasn't quarterbacking the team, they wouldn't be in a position at 5-1 and one that they're sitting in now. I think a lot of people look at numbers with quarterbacks and they go crazy based on statistics, but you have to look at the efficiency. You also have to look at what is he doing that's right. They put him in a position to not lose the game, give the ball to the other team. That's something that he hasn't done throughout his tenure in San Francisco. Unlike Mullins, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo, who gave the ball to the other team. This is why Kyle Shanahan elected to go with him instead, because he's running the offense the way it's supposed to be run. Essentially, he is Kyle Shanahan in the, in the, in, in, in the body. Kyle Shanahan is the mind, but he can't play football. Brock Purdy can. So everything that Kyle envisions his quarterback should do, Brock Purdy is doing. He's leading his team to victory. He even, in fact, struggled against Cleveland. But when it counted most, what all of us wanted to see was him play from behind. He played from behind. He engineered a drive. He in, think about this. He engineered a drive to put them in field goal range. The field goal was missed wide right. Had that been any other, let, let's say if it was Patrick Mahomes that did that and the field goal kicker missed, we wouldn't say Patrick Mahomes is the reason that they lost. Yeah, let's say it's Josh Allen. We wouldn't say that. We wouldn't say it about Joe Burrow. We wouldn't say it about those quarterbacks. But because he's Mr. Irrelevant and he's exploded onto the scene, no one wants to give him credit for his ability in doing the right things and doing the things right that the coaches want. So I'm here to say he's here to stay at the quarterback position. So those that feel he shouldn't belong, he shouldn't be here and he doesn't belong, they need to wake up. When it comes to travel, we all know that feeling of wanting to escape to our happy place, whether it's hitting the beach, the ski slopes, or just kicking it with your crew in a tropical paradise. And Priceline wants you to get there. 
and be very happy with a happy price. So you never have to miss a trip. Let me tell you, Priceline has got your back to make it all happen. My happy place is Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Picture this, crystal clear waters, golden sands, and sun shining down on you like it's your personal spotlight. That's right, Cabo is my ultimate happy place. And you know what makes it even better? Priceline's VIP family feature. You heard it from me, that's right. VIP treatment for you and your squad. Imagine being with your crew, soaking up the sun and living your best life. And while scoring deals up to five times faster, it's like scoring a game-winning touchdown on vacation. Now, who am I taking with me to Cabo? To that epic trip, that adventure? My boys, my ride or dies, my crew, ones who've been there through thick and thin from the beginning to the end. I'm not taking any kids, no kids, just me and the boys living it up. So what are you waiting for? Download the Priceline app today and save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your favorite happy price with Priceline. Make some memories that'll last a lifetime. Cabo ain't ready for me or us, but we're ready for Cabo. Thanks to Priceline, the real MVP of travel. Now we're going to talk some college football, in particular my USC Trojans and Caleb Williams. I was at the game. I was roaming the sidelines, driving myself crazy. Caleb didn't have a particularly great game, but listen to the sound of what people think is going to happen to him next. Caleb Williams is great. Now, J-Mac was taking shots at him all weekend long. <laughs> Uh, on on the X, oh, stop it. he said, worst half of Caleb's career by a mile. Maybe we should stop worrying about top of the draft. Looks totally unprepared for this awesome Notre Dame scheme. Hesitant, unsure. Let me add this. Pac-12 defenses are a joke. We know this. Williams has been so bad and clueless. You have to worry about stacking stats against inferior Pac-12 jokers. Williams is a major talent. I'd still take him first, but this half opens up. So your take is what on Caleb Williams? I mean, first of all, that's 100% facts, right? Well, tell me what's not factual there. I mean, the Pac-12 defenses are a joke. Williams look lost. I said middle of last year, Caleb Williams is going to be number one. I know people live in the moment. Caleb Williams played poorly because he's running for his life. He's going to get drafted number one. Wow. Pac-12 defenses are bums. They can't play. Well, if that's the case, then all conferences' defenses are not good. There's only a couple defenses. Every now and then, you get a Georgia, which is dominant. You get an Alabama here and there, an LSU here and there. And, and when you look at it, USC, when that we were dominating, our defense was pretty good. But in the end, you can't discount the conference that somebody plays in and says, well, the defenses are this or the defenses are that. They're soft. They're not this. You play what's on your schedule and who you play against. Caleb Williams at Notre Dame ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw. He did not play well at all. He did not play well. And he, he threw interceptions. He he struggled to understand what they were doing to him defensively. But it does not mean that all of a sudden this is going to affect his draft stock. I can point to many quarterbacks across college football throughout the years. And even this year is say, well, they struggled against this team, so therefore their draft stock is going to plummet. No, that's not, that's not what happens. In fact, the decision makers, outside of a hand, a hand few of them, will attend games to see Caleb in person, for the most part. 
Then as the season wears on and the NFL coaches are eliminated from playoff contention, general managers are eliminated from playoff, playoff contention, then they start to really dive into the scouting aspect of the potential draftees. This doesn't take place until the end of December and into January. And the first time that they will lay eyes on Caleb, and Caleb won't be eligible for the Senior Bowl, I believe, unless he graduates, if he elects to play in it, most likely he won't. But the first time that coaches, general managers, presidents of teams, and even owners to a degree will have an opportunity to sit down and talk to Caleb Williams about whatever they need to talk to him about and start to study his film is when their season's over in the National Football League because they're trying to keep their jobs right now. So when you start saying that it's gonna, he's not, he's not gonna be the number one pick or he could be the number one pick, at this point in time, we really don't know. We have no idea. As I always tell people, there's somebody from Cornflake University who's six foot five, 295 pounds, who knuckles a drag in the ground, who's really, really, really good. And they didn't know about him until their season was over. And then all of a sudden, he starts to rise, rise up. Or that team that has a quarterback gets the number one pick, and they elect to go in another direction because they got a quarterback already. So we don't know. We absolutely don't know. But throwing three interceptions against Notre Dame is certainly not going to hurt one's draft stock when he's got plenty of film on record that shows what type of player he is. And I'm not saying this just because it's Caleb Williams. I'll say it about Drake May and any, uh, Michael Penix. I'll say it about any quarterback or any player for that matter. They don't lay eyes on you really truly until the NFL season is over before they really dive in to their evaluation. So if I'm Caleb and his family, I don't worry about being, you know, looked at a certain way after the Notre Dame game at all. We need to just bounce back and play better against Utah, and everybody will be praising you all over again. Thanks for joining me on The Undisputed. I love the sights and sounds from around the sports world. You'll be hearing from me all season long about these different topics and different things that people say in professional sports. I'll answer them. You don't have to worry about it. Thanks again.